When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome into another episode of Her Playbook. Her Playbook is a podcast from the Giants Podcast Network in which we highlight stories of inspiring and motivating women around the world of sport. My name is Madeline Burke. I'm your host. And joining me this episode is someone I am thrilled to have on. She is an author. She is a motivational speaker. She is a fitness coach and a Peloton instructor. Emma Lovewell, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. It's such a treat. And first of all, I've got your book here, Live, Learn, Love Well. What an accomplishment to write a book, first of all. That is something, that's probably one of the hardest things I can even conceptualize doing, starting, finishing, what have you. What made this the right time for you to write a book just recently? Yeah, it is such a big deal. It's, it's a lot of work, you know, and so now, and now I know, and because going into it, I didn't exactly know how much time and work and thought goes into it and heart that goes into it. So, um, yeah, I'm very proud of it. And I think I had always wanted to write a book since I was a kid. I just didn't really know when the right time would come. And so a publisher reached out to me and who took my classes all the time and said, I love what you say in your class, but I want you to expand on it. Like you tell all these 30 second stories in between your intervals and I want to hear more from you. Like, would you ever consider writing a book now? And I thought, well, that scares the crap out of me. So I should probably think about it. <laughs> and so here we are, two years of, of writing the book and, and now it's out. That's incredible. And I mean, throughout the process too, I think anyone who's tried to write anything is experienced writer's block. I love how you talked about how you got some advice from your dad that you actually put in the book about telling a story and what have you. But this process must have been so eye-opening. I'm curious what you learned about yourself in, in writing this. Yeah, I included a lot about my parents in the story. And so I loved sharing um, like a little recipe for my mom, um, some writing tips for my dad. And um, they're just such a part of my life and I want to acknowledge them for all of it. And I think that I've learned a lot about myself in that um, I had some really hard conversations with my parents as well through this writing process because I'm going back and talking about my, my parents' divorce, my mom's cancer diagnosis, all these things. And um, we've talked about them, but it was a long time ago. And so then rehashing, rebringing up these things and traumas and events that have happened in our life and talking about them now where we are, and we are very different where we are now than where we used to be. And so kind of rehashing through these conversations was very therapeutic. Um, and it, it was definitely um, a great opportunity for me to connect with my parents in a, a more meaningful and different way. I can imagine. And just kind of like you mentioned too, just getting some of those 30 second stories or anecdotes and, and pieces of advice and wisdom that you've learned through throughout your life 
committed to paper. A lot of those, of course, can be heard in your Peloton classes. You are a Peloton instructor. I love the story about how you got your start, right? You essentially emailed the CEO of Peloton um, from a nudge and a, a advice from your partner yeah. there. I think it's one of those things, as a woman especially, you know, so often we think, oh, I can't do that. But like men are like, why not? Right. And so the 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 moment to have that courage to say, like, let's just dive in and ask, email the CEO. Talk about what that must have been like to just send that email and get that response so quickly. You're spot on. It's like as women, I think, and, and there's a lot of talk about this. It's not like we're the first people to have this conversation, right. but you know, there's the stereotype that like women won't apply to jobs unless they're overqualified, where men will apply to jobs if they're underqualified. And I think we have something to learn. I think that um, you know, women supporting women, men supporting women, my partner being like, go email the CEO. He's like, what, what are you going to lose? You know, like, a, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky quote right there for you. But it's like, it's so true. It's like, if I don't put myself out there, what's going to happen? Nothing. You put yourself out there, the worst that's going to happen is you don't hear anything or you get a no. And then you know. And the more you know, the better you are. So I really... Um, I had met the team at Peloton early on. I was in a Kickstarter campaign for them as a model and actress. And so that's how I had the first introduction to the company and I got to meet the CEO. So it wasn't a completely blind email. I had met him before, right. um, but I hadn't spoken to him in many, many years. And I was feeling really stuck in my career. I was teaching fitness out in California at a different tech company and I was not fulfilled. I was confused. I wasn't making a lot of money. And I was just like, what's next? Like, I want to reach more people. I want to, um, you know, like expand my craft and my skill. And, and so my partner was like, Peloton's killing it right now. Why don't you just email the CEO? I was like, what? I don't just email the CEO, you know? And, uh, but I took his advice. I wrote the email, slammed my computer shut, like took a lap around the apartment, all nervous, you know? Yeah. And the CEO wrote back in 20 minutes and he's like, let's get on the phone. Like, let's let, let me get you a call with our head instructor and get you an audition. And I will say that it's not like everything just fell into place right from there. Like right. there were still moments of, you know, he's like, I'll get you on the phone with so-and-so and so-and-so -so never emailed me. And so then I was like, had to push back again and be like, hey, remember me? I never heard from that person. So I will say that it, it's not just putting yourself out there once. You got to kind of do it many times. Yeah, no, that's so true. And you got to have that kind of courage and belief in yourself that, yes, I can show up to this place and I can ask, like closed mouths don't get fed type of a mentality. Um, but we all know that energy, right? You send an email, you send a text, you send your phone across the room and you just run right in like, no, I can't, I can't face this right, right. now. But it's that right. adrenaline and, and facing those moments and being bold that kind of gets you into areas of growth in your life as well. Um, you know, now that you are, you know, on this roster of, of Peloton instructors and you talk about your relationships with some of the other Cody Rigsby and Allie Love and some of the other instructors that we're all familiar with, one of the questions that I always want to know when I take a spin class is how do you curate a playlist and how do you like keep like every class is a different mix of music and you have such an eclectic music taste as well. How do you decide, okay, this is what the vibe is going to be. This is the type of music I'm going to share today. What goes into that process? 
I love it. It is such a skill to have. Like, uh, it's like being a professional DJ. And there was a time in my life I DJed for like a good six months of my career in New York City. So I have a little bit of DJing experience. But think about how a DJ can totally create energy in a room. Like you can create a vibe, you can do whatever, you know. And so when I think about the vibe and the energy and the environment that I want to create in my classes, um, I think about that first. And then I think about what music fits that vibe. So if I'm teaching a rock ride, do I want it to be really challenging? Lots of climbs, like really aggressive. Or do I want to teach or am I teaching like a pop ride and I want it to be lighter and fun? And so I kind of just think about, you know, like when I teach a hit class, high um intensity interval training, like I, I want it to be intense. I want it to be a little angry. And so I tend to pick my like rage against the machine, Metallica kind of vibes. And, um, and then, yeah, when I'm teaching like a low impact, I like indie rock. I like indie music. And, um, I just think about what I'm asking you to do. If I'm asking you to push really hard, I'm going to give you music that's going to inspire you to push really hard. If I'm asking you to chill out and relax a little bit, I'm going to play more chill music. I think as as people, just general population people who take fitness classes, who try to work out, there's always these days where like, I, not today, I'm not motivated, I can't get on that bike today, but you do it every day, day in and day out. And I think people have this misconception of like, oh, well, as a as a fitness coach, as a Peloton instructor, you must not face that hurdle. You, It must be so easy for you. But let us behind the curtain. You absolutely yeah. do, right? Oh, yeah. No, I like there are definitely days I don't want to work out. Like, are you kidding? Most of like half of the days I don't want to work out, but there are things that I do that, you know, really, I, I remember who I'm working out. Okay. So it's two things, my workout for work and then my personal workout. That's just for me because they're Mm -hmm. two separate things. Yes. For my job, I think of the thousands of people that tune in to take my classes every day and I want to show up for them. I want to celebrate their milestones. I want to be there. I know that people are going through hard times. I know that fitness and these classes and my classes and my words can really help people get through difficult times and get through um, a hard day. And so I want to be there for people. And so then when I think about my own personal workout, I also think about myself and how I feel and what I need physically and mentally and a lot of fitness. And I'm glad people I think are now accepting and acknowledging that fitness is for our mental health as well. Mm -hmm. I always say we are much nicer people after we've exercised. I really believe that like we need to get our energy out you know, if, if you're impatient with people, your kids, your spouse, whatever, like, you know, if you get some of your energy moving and you get some of your energy out that you can be more calm. And so I think about what I need for myself, my mental and physical well-being, and for the people around me, I'm a a nicer person after I've exercised for myself. And I mean, to quote (laughs) the critically acclaimed legally blonde exercise gives you endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people just don't shoot their husbands. Right. (laughs) Oh my God, I love that quote. I need to steal that quote and start using it in all my press uh, interviews. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, Yeah, got a shout out to Legally Blonde right there. Um, But it is interesting too. I mean, you know, curating these playlists, building this. And I know that a lot of this goes into too, your background comes into play a lot. You know, your your dad, you mentioned, was a musician and and you've got a lot of your eclectic music taste growing up. Um, But also in this book, you talk a lot about growing up in Martha's Vineyard in a largely white community in a mixed race family. You know, you've got a, a, a lot of Asian heritage. And I love the story about 
having your friend come over for dinner one night and you know you were so nervous about the food and she tried one of, she accidentally ate one of the hot peppers she ate a hot pepper yeah it was so precious because it's so <laughs> relatable right but you know especially as young people so many young people go through this urge to fit in and to blend in and at what point or or what moment did you say like i am embracing myself for standing out yeah i mean it's constantly a journey because even as an adult, I think we want to fit in. And so it's constantly putting ourselves in these different environments where we, we like size ourselves up and then we we're always like, um, confronted with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like, it's, it's constant and it, it started at an early age where I was like, okay, I'm trying to fit in, but I can't like my mom, the lunch I'm bringing to school is very different than all my friends lunches. When I invite my friends over for dinner, we're eating very different food than when I go to my friends houses. And so at first it was like kind of being embarrassed about that. And then, um, realizing after I've traveled a lot, actually, once I turned 18, I started traveling when I was in college, I was traveling. And I just think travel is so important for people because it allows you to really understand other cultures and witness other cultures. It makes you a more tolerant person. Mm -hmm. And it made me really appreciate how much my mom has gone through the fact that she immigrated to a foreign country without speaking the language, without, you know, a big community, without knowing a lot of people. She created a home. Um, and even after my parents divorced, my mom stayed there and created a home for my brother and I, and I just look at her so differently now than when I was a kid. Um, but I, I say that this journey is ongoing because I'm constantly like, you know, even at Peloton being half Asian and then all of a sudden take, but, but not looking Asian. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's confusing for some, some people, people don't understand, um, what I am, who I am. And, but then I started teaching Lunar New Year classes. Um, I started speaking out against um, violence against, against Asian Americans. And the, the um, feedback I'm getting from the Peloton members has been incredible. Just mm -hmm. so many people being like, thank you for speaking up. Thank you for being a face. Thank you for being a role model for my kid, for me. Um, so it's still a journey, but it's really incredible to see um, the community sort of come together and, and support me, even though I am still figuring out where I belong and, and who I am. And I think that that is such a relatable element, though, because I think we all on some level have a journey to self-love and self-acceptance and, and what have you. And and one of the things that I love that you prioritize about it is your, your date nights with yourself. Um, and that is just so I think that's so sweet. Tell me about that and, and why that is so important to you. Yeah, I think, you know, living in New York City for so many years, um, it's not super uncommon to go out to dinner by yourself. I and mean, right. maybe for some people, it's a little uncomfortable or uncommon, but I really recommend it because um, you don't need a date to go out to a nice restaurant, treat yourself to a nice restaurant to a nice dinner. Um, and so I started really doing it um, more like a, on a weekly basis with uh, Peloton because my schedule, I was teaching a Friday night class. And instead of getting in traffic, sitting in traffic after class, um, I was like, why don't I just take myself out to dinner after class? And so then I created a list of restaurants that I really wanted to try in the city. And I would just go sit at the bar. And, you know, I write about it in my book because I know some people might identify with this or relate to this or want to try it. And you feel a little uncomfortable at first. You're just staring at your phone. You're like, how many times can I read the menu? Do I stare at the wall? Like, are people watching me? 
and uh, nobody's watching you. And it's like just such a nice experience to connect with yourself and to maybe put away your phone and just really enjoy what you're doing and be present, enjoy the flavors and the textures and the smells and the environment. And um, I just think it's so the relationship we have with ourselves is the most important relationship that we have. So if you can take that time to self care and take yourself out on a date, I think um, it's really important. Absolutely. And and it's something important to foster. And one of the many uh, pieces of advice that you give um, throughout your wellness coaching, throughout your Peloton instruction, all that. One of the other stories that I loved from this book was um, you talked about when you were sailing as a kid um, growing up. And that is so relatable. And it's like a perfect analogy, but it was so precious the way you described it. And sometimes, you know, you can't, the, the, the what is it? The conditions aren't working for you, but you got to make the conditions work for you. I may have butchered yeah. that a little bit, but, but yeah, you know, okay. <laughs> talk to me about how you, you kind of use that analogy in your day-to-day life and how some, some people listening might be able to say, okay, that makes sense. Cause things aren't always going as planned. It's not always smooth sailing for everybody quite, quite literally. Um, yeah. and how do you kind of yeah. pivot that perception and, and your mindset to help things move along? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, my book really demonstrates that my growth was not linear. A lot of people's growth is not linear. It's not every single job was better than the last job. It's the same with fitness. Not every single workout is going to be better than your last workout, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, right? It's like the collective experience that brings us up. And so I think that like knowing that, you know, we need to be, we need to be malleable. We need to be able to acclimate to new situations. Things aren't always going to just like be easy, right? And and actually the growth, the mind, the growth mindset, all of that happens in the difficult times. So you don't grow when things are easy. So it's, you know, it's hard in those moments that are that are difficult and challenging because you don't want to be there, but try to find the silver lining and that like this is a learning experience. This is um, I'm going to come out of this stronger than before. And yeah, I just think, you know, sailing, I'm, I'm so lucky that I, I grew up um, being able to sail. And, um, you know, my dad had this, this old boat that we would go out sailing on. And so he taught me a lot. And, um, you know, there's just something about like being out on the water and having the wind, there's no motor, like just the wind pushing you and like just trying to problem solve. You're just Mm -hmm. like constantly trying to problem solve. Like, okay, the tide's doing this, the water's, the current's doing this, the wind's doing this. Like, how can I just make this work for me in the best way? And I think that, yes, it just relates to so many life experiences of like, how can I make this work? Because it's so easy to get discouraged and get down on yourself. And sometimes it is just a mindset of like, when you focus on what you have, you start to feel like you have a lot instead Mm -hmm. of when you focus on what you don't have, then you feel like you're lacking. Absolutely. It's like that, that gratitude or that mindset shift that changes everything. And you know, you've already accomplished so much. And I know that from, you know, varying perspectives, but I'm just in awe of you. And I look at this and I think like there, you have gone through so much, you've accomplished so much and you have so much wisdom um, to give. But I'm curious, if you look back at, at a younger Emma, what advice would you give yourself, if any? Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of people might say this too, is just like, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. Like, don't worry so much, but I'm a worrier. And I don't think like I worried all through my adolescence and twenties and, um, I still worry now, but I think it's just like, so even if I told my younger self not to worry, I, my younger self would have still worried. Like I know know myself and she would have been like, okay, okay, girl, I'm still going to worry. Um, but I guess it's like, yes, 
you know, it's fight or flight. It's like you, you, you take these, you, you learn from um, when you have questions and when you have doubts, like that's information and that's sort of helping to guide you. So it's like, it's okay to worry and just know that like that is part of the process. So like wherever you are, you're not stuck there. Um, the only thing that's guaranteed is change. So if you're in a moment of feeling stuck, it's like just bear with it and know that like that's giving you information to help you make the next choice that you're in. So, I mean, I would just, just tell young Emma, like, enjoy the ride. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be, you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, but just enjoy it. You'll have hills, you'll have intervals, you'll have all of it, but you know what? Enjoy the ride. Emma Lovewell, yeah. author, yeah. wellness coach, uh, Peloton instructor. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap for this episode of Her Playbook. My name is Madeline Burke. Thanks so much for tuning in. Open a limited time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.